It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wes Goldberg, Warriors writer for the Mercury News, and joining me today via telephone from his apartment in Alameda is the San Francisco Chronicles Warriors beat writer, Connor Letourneau. He's joining me on a Tuesday because we call this now La Tuesdays, and the entire premise of La Tuesdays is that I uh, text Connor earlier in the day. I ask, hey, what do you want to talk about? And whatever Connor wants to talk about, we talk about. And that, in essence, is Little Tuesday. So, Connor, what do you want to talk about today? <laughs> um, we can talk about a few things. Uh, you know, I thought it'd be kind of pertinent since since it's uh, the quarantine and the reason we are not together. I think this is our first time recording a podcast where we're not physically in the same room. Is because we're trying to adhere to the shelter-in-place uh, ordinance brought down by the state of California. Uh, it feels like it's going to be brought down in every state throughout America. My home state of Oregon just enacted it today. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So my, my folks are officially not supposed to leave their house, you know, except wow. for basic exercise and basic, you know, essentials. So uh, in, they don't have near the number of cases that we have down here. But, you know, better safe than sorry at this point, given the the nature of this uh, spreading of this disease. So um, but basically, I think we all have a lot of free time on our hands. I know you and I are finding things to write and and trying to stay busy, but uh, we still have a lot more free time on our hands than we normally would. Uh, You know, you know, if this NBA season hadn't gotten canceled, we would have just gotten back today from a five city trip. (laughs) We just got yeah. back from New York today. Yep. Uh, yeah. Which crazy. did not go on at all. Uh, but with all that free time, I know a lot of people are reading a lot. A lot of people are watching a lot of Netflix, watching a lot of TV. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about some of the best, uh, some of the best basketball movies slash documentaries, and some of the best basketball books. Let's start with the movies and we'll go to the books uh, because I would prefer to talk about the books, but I did a Twitter poll with my audience on Monday and I asked them, how much time are you, are, are you spending a lot of time consuming any of the following? And basically books got 7% of the vote. So my audience doesn't read. That's <laughs> basically what I learned. Uh, and I encourage them to read more. And maybe by the end of this podcast, maybe after this podcast, they'll read some of these books that we recommended. Uh, get smart, people. Read a book. Jesus Christ. But yeah, uh, no, I, I'm, I, I don't read enough books for someone who's a professional writer. Yeah. Uh, but I am taking advantage of, of this free time to read, and it's actually been really enjoyable. Books, books are a seasonal activity for you and I because during the season, it's hard to sit down with a book and devote the kind of time that uh, it takes. Look, I know a lot of people are in that boat, too. I, I, that's probably a reason why a lot of people aren't reading books is because we demand a lot. But, you know, you, people go on vacation 
and they read books then. You know, summertime is usually our time to re- to read books. Uh, but or or you know when the coronavirus hits, you know it's also a good time to read books. So let's get into movies first. What are what's your favorite? Full disclosure, I'm not a fan of sports movies. They kind of just they're they string together sort of the worst things to me about sports, which is just like beating you over the head with endless cliches and things like that, and, and just like it, the whole process of narrative and it, it, everything kind of seems very clean and and ordinary, and the it just never really accurately reflects sports. It's sort of like it's weird because sports is entertainment, so to base entertainment off of entertainment just seems like a weird concept to me in general. However. There are good sports movies out there. When they're done right, they are good, just like anything. So, what are your what are some of your favorites? Yeah, uh, are we doing sports or just basketball? Start with basketball, and then we can kind of go into sports. Yeah, no, and I I agree with you about the the sports thing. It feels like sports movies tend to be really predictable and cliche, um, especially like having covered sports professionally. You just see how kind of fake a lot of uh, they're portrayed in a lot of movies uh, especially at a professional level um but I've, i really enjoy sports documentaries i think because they're a little bit more real um and you right. they, they especially documentaries that get into uh they get into real world struggles and real real world experiences and uh, my all-time favorite basketball movie is hoop dreams i think it's a classic um i think it's one of the greatest documentaries ever made um for those of you that aren't familiar with hoop dreams it's basically about uh it's set in the early 1990s and a filmmaker basically spent several years following around two uh i believe four 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 years following around two uh aspiring nba players in in on the south side of Chicago who uh, com- came from a rough neighborhood and were both uh, discovered on the streets of Chicago playing basketball and enrolled at a really high powered prep school that the same prep school that Isaiah Thomas went to St. Joe's outside Chicago and uh, kind of follows their journeys. And one of them ended up having, you know, a really successful career at that high school went on to play at Marquette. Um, and then the other one, didn't last at the prep at that prep school and ended up going to his local public high school and dealing with a lot of stuff with his family, uh, ended up ultimately playing at Arkansas state, but, uh, just a fascinating, uh, study of, of the human condition and the role that I think sports play for inner city kids, you know, just kind of latching onto that dream, uh, you know, looking at basketball as a way out. And I think it's one of those movies that has really stood the test of time. I, I've watched it re- relatively recently within the past year, and it still holds water. I need to go back and watch that. But it is basically considered the best basketball movie ever, you know, movie, documentaries, whatever. I, I think I see it at the top of so many lists, and there's a reason for it. It's because it hits at really what it is that makes basketball special and what we all like about it, right? It, it it is this like kind of blacktop type of game, and then you and you get it, um, you know, it's transferred to the arena, and then you see guys like Steph Curry with his tight handle and just like the magic things that he's doing. All that stuff starts on a pickup court, right? Like when they're kids, and to see sort of the beginning stages of that, and to see the struggles of all that, and how many times have you and I read or written even a story about, 
you know, this was the way I got out and this was just sort of what I always wanted to do with my life. Like there was never other, another option for me. I was always going to be a basketball player kind of thing. And it kind of, it gets at that in a real way. Uh, as far as movies that aren't documentaries though, and I think the threshold is pretty high as far as uh, making a good version of that. To me, what makes a good basketball movie is either, all right, the, the performances have to be incredible. Okay. Like that way I'm not watching necessarily for the story, but I'm watching for the performance. I'm just sort of viewing it as a film in and of itself, or it's just completely absurd and is not trying to be based in reality whatsoever. That's Space Jam, number one, or like Air Bud or something yeah. like that. I watched Air Bud a billion times when I was a kid. That was a great movie. Space Jam, <laughs> same thing. I love Space Jam. Like, I don't care that the plot is, you know, a little loose or doesn't necessarily make sense. That's why I like it. It's completely absurd. It's got cartoons, Michael Jordan and aliens. Like, I'm all in. What else do I need? What's your opinion on Space Jam? Oh, I, I love, love Space Jam. I love Space Jam. Uh, one of my favorite movies as a kid. Um I, it, it wasn't until I got older when I realized it was like actually critically panned. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, I don't think it has the greatest rating on there. Uh, but for what it was, I thought it was great. Um, you know, it was it, for kids. And it yeah, has a but ton it was of great quotes. Timely too. You know, it, it really. Yeah. You know, it was right. Uh, it got at Michael Jordan's decision to, to enter baseball, and and yeah. had so many big names. I I thought it had. A, it had a lot to offer, it, not just kids, but I think my parents enjoyed it as well. As, as far as uh, great performances, too, I, what's the one with Ray Allen and, D- and Denzel Washington? Why am I blanking on that? Ray Allen and Denzel Washington. That is, That was literally going to be the next movie I brought up. Oh, Jesus. Is, uh, so, where, yeah. He's, he got game. Um, he got game. Movie. Yeah. yeah, phenomenal movie. Denzel, great performance. <laughs> and it's so easy to forget. That's what that. makes it not a great. It's so interesting too because that was the only time that Ray Allen has ever acted, uh, yeah. and he was great. And I, I think he just kind of, it was one of those situations where he was like, "I already won, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna retire on top um, and go back to basketball." Yeah. Uh, but he was super understated, very real. Um, that movie was set at the high school, a pretty famous high school, Lincoln High School on, on Coney Island, where uh, Sebastian Telfair later went, and uh, I believe Stefan Marbury went. Um, so uh, a lot of really cool scenes, like on the Coney Island boardwalk, and and uh, Rick Fox has a guest appearance in that movie as, right. as uh, someone who's showing him around the campus. Uh, Rosario Dawson's in that movie, um, a young Rosario Dawson. So... Uh, really phenomenal movie and really deep and and basketball is just kind of one element of it. That's right. Yeah, and that's what makes it. It's not just a team tries to win championship, team wins championship plot, right? It's 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 more than that. Uh, white men can't jump. Same thing. It's about basketball, but it's really about race relations. Uh, Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, great performances. Can't go a podcast about basketball movies and not mention white men can't jump. That might be my favorite basketball movie of all time what's what's a what's a basketball documentary that maybe or basketball movie that maybe isn't as well known like everything we're talking about is pretty famous um you know even even he got game has pretty has a pretty big following uh what's one that's maybe a little bit more off the beaten path that you and i don't have i don't have an answer for that a basketball movie i don't have an answer for that I, i don't i don't know anyone like that uh the one that comes to mind for me <laughs> is celtic pride 
And uh, this is a movie that I think a lot of people probably thought was horrible. I just looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes. It actually has a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. But uh, <laughs> it's actually really funny. It's with, uh, it's with, uh, it, it, it was written by, it was one of Judd Apatow's first first movies uh that he wrote okay. uh dan Aykroyd and daniel stern are, are are the leads with damon waynes from uh from uh white chicks and uh basically it's these diehard celtics fans who kidnap the star player from the jazz during a jazz uh during a jazz celtics i think nba finals uh and it's uh it's really absurd and i think really funny and if you're just if you just want to watch a stupid movie that has basketball in it i would recommend it chad apatow he's he's done a ton of things silicon valley wasn't he um king of the hill was that king of hill chad apatow is the one who's done you know like 40 year old virgin and uh all those types of movies uh, yeah, he's he's done a bunch of stuff. This this movie came back Knocked out up. back in uh, 1996, so this was probably toward the very beginning of his career. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it just just a <laughs> a funny movie that weirdly came to mind for me. Um, I know it's not going to be at the, the top of the list for a lot of people, but there's some movies that I know will be on the list for people that I personally didn't love, like. I didn't love Hoosiers. Uh, I was going to ask you where you stand on Hoosiers because this has been a pretty – there's been a lot of lists and and opinions about basketball movies. It turns out a lot more people don't like Hoosiers than people – I think Hoosiers has a pretty loyal fan base, and it's a very specific fan base. A lot of people don't actually like Hoosiers. It's maybe the most overrated basketball movie ever. Yeah, I mean I love – what it represents but it is it's just kind of cliche and it, like the yeah. iconic scenes from it are very corny you know uh to me it's 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 remember the titans for basketball it is just completely corny you got a couple of stars you know celebrity stars as as actors i just i don't love it it's 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 the thing i don't like about sports movies it's just an endless string of cliches i don't enjoy it yeah but you know, I understand why it has the place it has on all the lists, but no. For, in terms of what I'm gonna watch in the quarantine, that's not that's not near the top of the list for me. Um, is there anything else that comes to no. mind? No, that, I want to get to the books. I want to get to the okay. books. I'm done with the movies. I don't love the movies. Books are way better. Um, we're gonna get to the books next, but first. Let me tell you about one of the ultimate life hacks. We know it's hard to find the time to read, which is key for your development in business and your personal life. There is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or even listen to. You've heard the interviews of successful people and and leaders. And they all tout how much they read. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library that includes self-help, business, health, history books, and tons of bestsellers. Now this is the part of the ad copy that tells me to share a personal experience. And look, while being sheltered in place, I have nothing to do but uh, read. I have plenty of time to read, but it doesn't mean that I want to read through every single self-help book that I've been meaning to read. 
So sometimes I'll use Blinkist to, to get away from some of the more dense things that are on my list. Uh, how do you do it? With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books that you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for just our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA and try it for free for seven days and save 25% off of your new subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com NBA to start your free seven-day trial. You'll also save 25% off but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive-thru for your own steamy carton of crispy, golden goodness. Alright, so I know that this is an actual part that you're excited for, Connor, uh, are the books. Uh, you've read a lot of books. Um, I've read a lot of books. But you like to read books. Not like my audience. What is your favorite? I know you're, you're currently actually reading one of your favorite basketball books of all time. Which one is it? Breaks the Game by David Hopperstam. And why are you reading it? Yeah. Uh, I People who know me are probably going to assume it's just because I grew up a Blazers fan and it's about the Blazers, but that's honestly not the reason. Um, it is, to me, everything that a great sports book is. So the, the book is uh, about the 1979-1980 Blazers team, which is a couple years removed from their lone NBA title in 77. It was toward the very end of the Bill Russell or Bill Walton era in Portland. Um, and things were kind of starting to fall apart. And uh, David Halverson, who at that time was famous for books on the Vietnam War and, and politics and those sorts of things, was completely embedded with the Blazers for an entire season and had unfettered access um, and kind of lifted the curtain on, on these, who these guys were. And, and uh, one of the interesting parts of the book is Kermit Washington uh, was kind of, who was infamous for punk, punching out Rudy Tom Donovich and nearly killing him during a game uh, was on that Blazers team. And he, he kind of does a really fascinating character study on him and how he's kind of live, living that every day. Um, but, uh, you know, last time I read this book was sometime in college and I just, you know, wanted a little bit of inspiration in my own writing. And so I figured I'd uh, go back to it and I'm feeling pretty inspired just, just rereading it. The way that Halberstam kind of weaves in stories and the past, the present, and it, he does it in a way that's not confusing, and it has such a great pacing to the book. And I feel like that's such a underrated thing when we talk about writing, especially in book writing, is just the pacing overall. Uh, he knows when to get out of the the old. Like you're never you're never like in the history too much of it, right? You're never in the guy's past for too long. Right, exactly. You could, get, you could just sort of get inundated with it and be like, all right, I get it. Like, the guy lived the whole life. All right, I, I understand. Let's get back to this season. It's uh, kind of moving. It is. And I mean, it, he's, like, he's like a good rapper in that way, where it's just never, like, the cadence is never the same to the point where it's monotonous. It's just sort of like, all right, now whenever, he's got a good sense of when to switch it up. Part of the reason why I generally don't read books a ton, and I, I tend to read long-form 
uh, magazine pieces and things like that is because uh, I often feel like books get overly bogged down. So a lot of times it feels like the author is just trying to get to 300 pages or whatever his his uh, his pub- publishing contract requires. And it doesn't the, very few books, especially sports books, have good pacing. And and this is, uh, you know, a great example of, of, of a sports book done right. Um, what about you? What, what do you think is your favorite basketball book of all time? It's actually breaks through the game, and it's not close. Um, yeah. because of all, it's just it's a perfectly done basketball book. I want to kind of, I don't love a lot of basketball books, and I sort of want to broaden the scope to sports books in general. There's a lot um, of good basketball books out there, in my personal opinion. Well, what's another one? I mean, the one that uh, we have to probably talk about. Do you have a Do you have an opinion on Bill Simmons's book of basketball? I didn't finish it. I tried to read it once. I didn't finish yeah. it. Um. It's an it, it's interesting in that it it reads like Bill Simmons, which is good, um, but it's dense like a Bill Simmons column used to be, uh, and you can kind of get through it. But I think it's sort of meant like as an encyclopedia of basketball almost, and I think that's what he would tell you. And uh, I think it's worth if you're a basketball fan, it's worth reading, even though the longer it goes, the more dated it gets. And that's why I think Simmons ended up doing a podcast sort of as an addendum to the to the book, um, as an update to the book. But it's still sort of worth it's sort of worth reading just because of the way he sort of frames things. I think is interesting. I don't know. I, he's got like the whole revamping the Hall of Fame, which I like idea. And he kind of uses that as a way to get into different stories of different uh, players. But it's really him. It's not a story so much as him pontificating on his thoughts about these guys. And in those pontifications, he does interviews and stories about and like more anecdotes about those players and actual stories, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I, I might I might spend some of my time going back and rereading that um, or, or finishing reading that, I should say. Um, one book that I is, is one of my all time favorites is called Play Their Heart, Hearts Out by George Dorman. Have you ever heard of that? No. Um, so I read this book back when I was covering Oregon State uh, because the star player at Oregon State, a guy named Roberto Nelson at that time, uh, was was heavily featured in this book. So I wanted to go read this book to have a better idea of his story and, and that kind of thing. Um, and it's, it's phenomenal. It, it basically looks at the underbelly of the AAU scene in L.A. in the, uh, you know, er, relatively early 2000s. Um, and it looks at just kind of the AAU machine and how, you know, these kids who are eight, nine, 10 years old are, are held up as the next prodigy. And then, you know, all the pressures they deal with and all the people around them that they have to navigate. And a lot of these guys don't end up even being anything. Uh, a lot of the guys profiled in this book, the average basketball fan wouldn't even know there's this guy named Demetrius Walker who's profiled in the book who at the time of the book was considered the top eighth grader in the country and ended up doing nothing uh he ended up finishing his college career at Grand Canyon University um couldn't even really hack it at a a big time school um so it's just a fascinating look at at that culture which can be pretty seedy at times yeah, I, I think any kind of look into the high school culture, the AAU culture for that matter, any of that, even the college, like any of that, like the, the sneaker deal culture, 
is incredible. Um, all of that stuff, I, I you know, it is great to to learn about. What was that one by um, Jonathan Abrams? Boys, boys to men. That yeah. one was pretty good. He covers all the guys that went from straight from high school to pro and why it was that those guys succeeded. It was pretty short too, um, so I guess he didn't have a huge. Uh, demand from his publisher as far as those pages so we weren't worrying about that i actually thought that was really good especially stuff about like kevin garnett uh dwight howard like all these guys who went straight from high school to the pro pros and what they needed to deal with in getting there and sort of how certain teams were more prepared to take on those guys and what the those kids i mean what those kids needed at that time versus some of these other teams that uh would take high schoolers and not really know that they needed to treat them differently than people that were you know, in college for several years and were adults by the time they reached the NBA. Um, so Boys to Men is another one. As far as non-basketball books, anything that it, it, Michael Lewis wrote about sports, I'm going to read it. Like The Blind Side is an all-timer for me. I, I freaking love that book. Moneyball is incredible. Yep. Um, that, again, other, other examples of just a really well-done book that has, that has callbacks, good pacing, just uh, well-written, and then a, just – a really, really good narrow story that brings in a lot of different ideas. Like for, for the blind side, it was a, it was a very specific story about um, an offensive tackle in Mississippi that kind of shed light on the entire process of college recruiting and just sort of the underbelly of that world. And then you look at Moneyball and it's a very specific story about Billy Bean, but it, it, it kind of gets to the bigger picture of, you know, Major League Baseball and scouting practices and just sort of the backwardness of, of the sport, right? And how an outsider can come in and do a better job than a lot of insiders. Like, it's very, very, it's all very similar in that way. I think that's what kind of makes a good story. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And um, we there, there's a few others that are bigger name books that come to mind. Um, Pistol, the autobiography of of Pistol Pete Maravich, uh, I thought that was incredible. Um, I think Pistol Pete Maravich is one of those sports legends that should not, can't get enough credit. I think he was transformational in a lot of what he did. And, and because he didn't win NBA titles, because he didn't have some of those accolades, people kind of forget about him. But um, it was a phenomenal book. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot about his relationship with his dad, which was really uh complex i'll just say um and and really fascinating book um one book that kind of goes along with my celtic pride thing that is random and the average person is is not gonna be super familiar with is it's called the jump um and it was it's it's called the jump sebastian telfair and the high stakes business of high school ball um and it was the Ian O'Connor, who I'm a fan of, was embedded with Sebastian Telfair during his senior year of high school at Lincoln High School, which is the the same high school that's featured in uh, He Got Game. And he basically wrote about what it's like, you know, being one of the top high school recruits in the country and, you know, being the first point guard in NBA history to uh, to enter the draft and get drafted and he was talking to shoe companies and all that sort of thing. And I, I just remember reading it in like in eighth grade and thinking it was so, uh, so well done. Um, but, uh, and I, I've gone back and reread it and I, people probably forget it because Sebastian Telfair is just like a 
no-name NBA player now. He didn't really have much of a career. But in retrospect, I think it makes the book even that more interesting, knowing that he didn't really pan out. If you could turn any of these books, I mean, for do you think that these books would be more consumed if it were, say, a Netflix documentary instead, if you were to turn them into a Netflix documentary? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I I would probably make a phenomenal Netflix documentary of Breaks the Game and people would love it and they probably wouldn't even know that it started out as a book. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Adobe. At CDW, we get your organization can be demanding. We know you're in there. I know. The marketing team's outside my office. They want their Adobe update now. With Adobe's value incentive plan, deployed by the experts at CDW, you can quickly and easily manage software subscriptions for the whole team. On Acrobat and Creative Cloud? All included. Cool. Guys, I'm coming out. Don't hurt me. For a satisfied digital workforce, you need Adobe and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash adobe. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. If there's one book that you can make into a documentary, it would be Breaks of the Game. I don't think it's even close, right? It would definitely be Breaks of the Game. First of all, you get Bill Walton on camera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I think so, uh, but I will say that I think Breaks the Game is one of those books where I'm not sure how it would translate to a documentary or a movie. I think part of what makes it great is just the the writing brilliance of David Halberstam. Um, right. And but I felt the same way about um, I felt the same way about Moneyball, and the Moneyball ended up being a pretty good movie. Now I don't think it was nearly as good of a movie as it was a book, but it was it was a much better movie than I thought it would be. Yeah, you kind of have to distill the complex ideas and just turn it into like a narrative film. So it's not exactly the same as the book, obviously. Um, one other book that I, I wanted to mention, sports book, uh, Levels of the Game by John McPhee. So not breaks of the game. Levels of the Game by John McPhee it follows two tennis players. Uh, and it basically uses, it's an interesting plot, it uses the one tennis match that they're playing as a way to get into each of their histories and sort of a how they got there kind of thing. Um, and so it gets into similar to breaks of the game, get, it gets into their histories, it gets into their personalities and all these things and just why they're there. Uh, but it, it, it's within the framework of a single tennis match. And so you still go through this tennis match, you know, the three, the three love, the, whatever it's going to be, you still go through this you go through the entire tennis match while getting into you know, all these different things about why this guy's backhand is the way it is and things like that. It was pretty, it was really interesting. And it kind of, again, gets to the broader scope of tennis at this time. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about? Documentaries, movies, books, whatever? Um, yeah, a couple that come to mind. Uh, Drive, the Larry Bird uh, autobiography uh, is, is a must read. Um, the, what was, what's it called? Wait, Wilt, can I, Wilt, can I, 1962. Have you ever read Wilt? No, uh, that this is a must read. I think for Warriors fans because it's about uh, it's about Will Chamberlain's historic hundred point game in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and it's the backstory 
of that and gets into Wilt's career and, and, and what he was like as a person and off the court. And uh, it's a fascinating read. It's a quick read um, by Gary Pomerantz, who's actually a professor at Stanford. Um, and I've, I've met a couple of times. So um, I would highly recommend that one as well. That, well, let's let's end on this, though. If there was one book that you could have written, doesn't mean that you have to write it or any like you could just have it written and it would be written well. And it could just be one book about any basketball topic, Warriors related or otherwise. What would that book be? I'm putting you on the spot here. If you, but if there was just a, if you wanted to read a book about something, well, you know, I want to write a book, so I feel like I wonder if I should talk about that. No, but no, no. keep that, yeah, keep that no, under wraps. I don't yeah. want to reveal the book I'm hopefully gonna write someday. Um, you know, it's been interesting because I, I read something like Breaks of the Game, and I'm like, if, a version of that, like I, I could have written that that story last season, you know, with, with Kevin Durant's last season with the Warriors, I think, you know, if I, if my job, instead of being a beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle and um, writing content every day for the San Francisco Chronicle, if, if my job had been just be embedded with the team and write a book, I think I could have done a really interesting book about just that whole dynamic with Kevin and, and, you know, kind of the splintering of a, dynasty um you know one thing that's cool about breaks the game is it it reminds you that there are great stories everywhere i mean that was a relatively random uh blazer season that the average fan would not remember and he told this amazing compelling book and i think that you could do that with some of these warriors teams that we've gotten to cover I think you could still probably do that with these Warriors, you know, because you could still get into all those things with Kevin Durant with enough reporting and things like that. And it would actually be sort of interesting to get Kevin Durant's perspective or just like what happened to Kevin Durant after going to Brooklyn, right, would be Mm -hmm. kind of an interesting thing. So anything written on those guys would be would be a lot of fun. I I don't think like the Warriors are so interesting, because I don't think there's enough that you could that could be written about them. Right. Like we've already seen a a few different books be written about them um, sort of in the moment. But I don't think that there's that there. I don't think there could possibly be enough. And that kind of leads me to what my book. I, I want to read more about the Big Three Heat. Like, why don't we get enough books about that? I felt like we didn't get a single good. Like Brian Windhorst had a few things, but they're all basically LeBron based. I want to. I want. I want book. I want a book about Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, LeBron James, Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley. Like, I want that. That's the book I want to read. My my Heat bias is obviously coming out here, but we didn't get anything good on them, did we? Did I miss it? There was a book, wasn't there? Somebody Didn't wrote a Brian book Wentworth on the Big Three Heat. Who? Didn't Brian Wentworth write a book? On the Big Three Heat? No, I think he wrote it on LeBron during those years. But I want a bigger picture, like a, the whole, the full scope on that. Yeah. No, I mean, hey, maybe you should write that. <laughs> I don't I don't have the reporting to write it. I, I'm sure that there's somebody, I don't know, there's got to be somebody that could write that book. I mean... Like Dan Levitard could maybe go back and write that book, but he's he's busy with being an ESPN talking head now, so I don't know. Yeah. But all right. I don't know what else I would want a book written on. I would read um let's see. I don't know. Anything else before we get out of here? Like I said, I think it's not. I think there's a lot of things that can make for a compelling book. It's just about how it's written. You know, if 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 someone 
who wasn't at the caliber of David Halverson try to write breaks the game, we we definitely would not be talking about it right now. Right. Um, it's just that, that writing a book is a very hard thing to do. And uh, to, to keep people's attention for 300 plus pages is no easy task. And I, you know, one of my career goals is to write books someday. And I'm not, I haven't written one yet, partly because I don't think I'm there as a writer yet, you know, to, to, to be able to attempt that. But hopefully that day will come. Uh, at, you know what? This season would make a great book. This this NBA season, and like in the the LeBron coming back from his groin injury to the the Daryl Morey's tweet about China to obviously like everything in between the coronavirus, the league ratings, like the TV ratings, all that stuff, all the changes that happened, you know, personnel wise from team to team. Like if somebody wrote a book about this season, I think it would be really good. Again, like you said though. It would have to be really well written. It would depend on who wrote it and Weirdest the quality in which they wrote it. Weirdest season uh, ever. All right, well. This, your first this... season covering as a beat writer, so <laughs> yes. quite, the, uh, quite the way to start out your beat writing career. Hopefully it only gets less weird from here. But uh, that wraps up this edition of Lockdown Warriors. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Lockdown Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. Uh, Connor, where can our listeners find you? Uh, Twitter at con underscore cron and then at uh, sfchronicle.com backslash warriors. Um, I am actually I'm still on the sports beat, unlike some of my colleagues who are moved to news to cover the coronavirus. I'm still covering sports, but I am not just doing warriors. I'm, I'm chipping in on some other topics just because there's only so many things to say about a team that's not playing basketball. So um so i'm having I have fun. a daily podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> now you're doing good work over there I, I encourage our readers to or our listeners to go ahead and read you if they're not already for whatever i don't know why they wouldn't be but uh that wraps it up for locked on warriors again thanks for listening san jose sharks hockey is back and we've got you covered five days a week at locked on sharks i'm kyle demetrius i'm jd young Eric Fowl. Together we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you are looking for information regarding fantasy basketball recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.